politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you are um, a person who does not like to hear uh, stories about crimes of a sexual nature, especially crimes against children, this would be a good episode for you to skip. I really liked your article this week, Travis, about, well, like as in uh, hated, your article about the, <laughs> the GPS the GPS stuff. But, uh, you know, for everybody who didn't read it, what's going on? There's this really popular uh, GPS uh, vehicle tracker that apparently has almost no cybersecurity. It has, it, it's like the ultimate wince list of security vulnerabilities in it. So what this means is that in roughly 1.5 million vehicles around the entire world right now, if a hacker wanted to, they could pretty much not just track a vehicle, but also stop it or take full control over it. That's distressing. It is. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's uh, these uh, GPS uh, trackers are being used right now in uh, Ukraine. So that's obviously a great uh, target of opportunity for uh, Russia. They pretty much just make any vehicle with them a sitting duck. So what would you put on the wins list, Travis? Um, one of the biggest ones is having a hard-coded password. What? So all these devices have the same password by default, and they're all hard-coded, which means that they can't really be updated. Wait, you can't change the password? Yeah. But the, uh, I mean, I, I'd say one of the biggest things about it, though, is that, like, if I had an internet-connected toaster, I would be distressed by how bad the security is in this. And in this case, it's something that can actually control a car or a fleet of cars. Right. So you can't even change the password? That's crazy. So... I'm I'm gonna have some fun with Adam on this one. Yeah, pretty much. If you uh, if if you ever just want to uh, keep track of him and then wait until he's say in the uh, on some backwoods road, can I turn off his car like right before he meets Ned Beatty in the woods? Yeah, pretty much. Ha <laughs> ha. No, Ned Beatty. He moved. He moved south. So okay. You know, so I... you're safe. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear you're sort of safe, Adam. What are they doing? What are they doing to fix this GPS situation, Adam? They're doing absolutely nothing. Travis, is that true? Yep, 100%. What's, what, what does nothing look like? Nothing is uh, not responding to any notifications. That There was a cybersecurity firm that found all these vulnerabilities, and they tried contacting the uh, manufacturer of these devices, and uh, just they are not picking up the phone. Ooh, kind of like me. Yeah, and so the federal government actually tried just being like, hey, guys, can you please can you please fix this? And uh, yeah, still absolutely nothing. Is it possible that 
they disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is possible that they disappeared. <laughs> but it's an intriguing thought. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a it's a major device manufacturer based in China that are simply just not taking any calls about the uh, security holes. What can we do if they do nothing? Nothing. Disconnect the device. Your f- car? No, the uh, the GPS. <laughs> the but GPS if you disconnect device. the GPS, you're gonna not know where you're going. I don't think you can disconnect the GPS on your car. That's what the federal government is recommending right now, is that they say, like, if you have this device in your car, remove it immediately. Damn. Yeah. Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, Cyber Moonraker. I'm Bo, Cyber Luddite. I'm Travis, Cyber Gold Member. <laughs> and today we welcome back filmmaker, dashing rascal, BBC journalist, newly engaged, and podcaster Andrew Gold to hear about his deep dive into the depths of the dark web. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose got you covered every step of the way, and guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes dot com. So, Andrew, we know in your work and your podcast, you speak to a lot of extreme and controversial people. There's, you know, the Internet is a place where things we are embarrassed by in general happen more. And that can be silly 
or it can be incredibly dark. And you have, you're no stranger to investigating things that are more serious and nefarious on the on, online. In the, is that not right, Andrew? People don't like to, to, to say the word, I mean, can we say the word pedophile, the, the, ped, the P word? Well, no, I don't think, yeah, they're not a protected class. <laughs> on YouTube, uh, because you guys don't do the video, it's just the audio, but the YouTube, they don't like you saying it because it's one of those things that can get you demonetized. You won't you won't get ads on your thing because you've said the P word. So people say the P word, uh, other words like Epstein, like you joke about Trump, Trump is fine, but Epstein, because there's so much conspiracy around it, YouTube tend to demonetize words like that. So you find yourself speaking in code all the time. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because mm. we don't monetize anything on, on YouTube. But I do have a Christmas ornament with a picture of Epstein on it that says this ornament didn't hang itself. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. Approved. Don't, <laughs> well, don't put that on YouTube. You'll be you'll be instantly banned on YouTube for, for that. But um, yeah, pedophiles, as we say, or pedophiles, as you guys uh, say, uh, I was looking into that in Germany. Uh, look, I got to Germany, wherever I get, whenever I get to a new place, it's like, okay, what's the crazy thing here? You know, I've done the UFOs and the exorcism. I've done abortion. I've done stuff in Colombia and all. And then Germany, what's the thing? And like, obviously the first thing you think of is Nazis and uh, there's communists as well. And there's like these villages where they have Nazis and communists and all. And I've looked into that for a while. And then I came to learn that Germany had the world's only um, sort of therapy, state-sponsored, for pedophiles, where they never report them to authorities. Um, if you report, for example, if, if, if a pedophile went to see a doctor or a psychologist or whatever it might be in the US, the doctor would have to report them or be, uh, I, th ooh, I think, put in prison i think you can go to prison for not reporting them the same in australia um now, this is an active pedophile or is this a, a person who has uh, fantasies that i'm not clear on and even the doctors don't seem to be clear on that they just right. know that if there's something that you think you should be worrying about so mm. it makes it very very complicated and in the uk you wouldn't go to prison the doctor but you would be fired or struck off or whatever it might be right. so it sort of means these people and as, as i think you're getting at the ones who don't offend the non-offenders uh have nowhere to go so germany's point of view with that is um look we've got these people they're not going to just disappear they exist new ones of them are being made all the time whether we lock them up or not and there are a lot of them who would never um, offend, but might do if they're swayed by their own cognitive biases, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and if they're stigmatized and they're put in a corner somewhere, if they have no one to talk to who's yeah. a professional, then they will just go on online chat stuff. And that's not a good place for them because they'll speak to no, other people. No, and if they go condition. down one of those rabbit holes on YouTube, they could find their yeah. cell. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Algorithms exactly. could even bring them to where they're going. No, and then they exactly. get all worked up and then they go out there and have to do what they do. But then I seem exactly. to feel like I've seen movies at least. I believe I know I haven't read about it and I've certainly never met anyone, but the I believe I've seen it in movies where or maybe it's Law and Order, you know, television show where a police procedural where there's a a person who is a pedophile and desperately doesn't want to be one and is, yeah. you know, suicidal because they can't stop or they try to get themselves caught on purpose. So, I mean, I can see why, you know, Germany might do that. In Sweden, you, it's against the law, it's against privacy laws to say where a sex offender lives. 
Um, mm. Whereas in the United States, you ha are, have the right to know where a sex offender lives. Well, not only that, but if you sign up for a lot of credit and identity monitoring programs, one of the features of the programs is you get notified when a sex offender or a pedophile moves into your neighborhood. But I want to hear what happened in, in, in your, your, your travels in Germany. I've become desensitized in a sense because I, I was looking into them for two years. I've written a book which I've not yet tried to publish because I just know it's going to be, you know, insane. But even yeah. like my girlfriend and my friends and stuff, we're all like desensitized because we've had these conversations so much. And I need to remember for a lot of people, it's the first time hearing about it. For a lot of people, they've had experiences. I think one in nine girls in the US have been uh, abused as children by right. pedophiles. It ruins their lives. Um, and the statistics are just like, so crazy obvious that it's the worst thing that that can happen to somebody so that needs to be stated like from the off and you know so, so nobody hears you know anyway you know what i mean right i do i do i wish people understood that i mean we generally don't like the fact that there are pedophiles either like we didn't ask for this it's something that a lot of people will be more comfortable ignoring but when it's you, it's not really an option to ignore it. This is David. He's known as a non-offending pedophile. Someone who has a romantic and sexual attraction to kids, but says he's never abused a child. He wants help, but getting it in the U.S. is risky. When I was figuring this stuff out about myself, I decided that I couldn't tell anybody because I was pretty certain that at best they would like desert me and just like uh, I'd lose a friend or whatever and at worst like they'd tell absolutely everybody and I'd be like it'd be dangerous for you it, it would be dangerous so I was just interested in looking into it and just like what do we do because it's one thing to just like all be like ah, I don't want to talk about it but it's still happening you know so that's what this German uh, clinic is trying to do uh, the bad side is when these people come into therapy it means that they are these therapists are then saying like god that guy looks like he might do something and i'm just letting him back onto the street that is mm -hmm. the downside of it the good side is way more of them are coming in and what they say is there are like three types of pedophiles like one type is going to be like psychopathic and they are going to offend no matter what and there's not much we can do about them in terms of like therapy you know they're just going to do what they're going to do lengthy prison sentences have been handed down to a couple who sold their son to pedophiles on the dark web for sex. Then there are the ones you were mentioning before who would never do it, would never download child sexual abuse material. They would just never ever do it. They struggle with their desires and unfortunately they have a miserable, miserable life. Um, again, they're not needed in this therapy because they're not going to do anything anyway. The ones who, are, who need to go to the therapy are the ones in the middle somewhere. The ones who know how bad this is, they struggle with it and they might give in to their temptations and cognitive biases. And that's what this clinic does is it disabuses them of those biases because they start to tell each other, oh, but you know, it's not that bad. It happened to me. It happened to other people and actually they quite enjoy it and that kind of thing. And they need mm -hmm. to be told that's what's wrong. So I got in touch with this clinic. I was really interested to see what it was all about. And they then asked a few of their patients if they wanted to get in touch with me. They don't even know their patients' real names. They've all got email addresses that are like x17 at 178. They're just like these mad long keys. 
Mm. But Andrew, I have a question. So how does this clinic, is this clinic doing the thing that I do with scammers? Uh, you know, like just emailing people they suspect are uh, pedophiles and yeah. luring them with the possibility of, of um, fulfilling their pedophilia um, desires? Yeah. So I don't know how do to say that. I don't know what the, what the right word for is for that is. But. Yeah, I, I I think when we talk about this, like we have to accept and, and hope for sort of forgiveness from listeners. Like we're going to stumble over words just because it is such a taboo subject, and we're yeah. all trying to be really really careful. And I I hope that people understand that. Um, yeah. and, and I think you explained it fine. They they use um you know those old uh, people still use them I guess, but like LimeWire and Napster are they P two P. Peer-to-peer -peer network is what it's called. So that there's no one centralized server that you're passing through. Yeah. Uh, so it's really just a network that's created by whoever is connecting to it. Okay, so, so that's uh, a super safe place for people to have conversations they'd like to keep fairly private. Right, because uh, if you if you take down, uh, say, one central server or one node or something like that, the network is still there. Interesting. So that's what it. That's what it. And to me, my childhood, that was like the place to get some sort of remix of Britney Spears and Green Day and Oasis or something. You know, that was really cool. And it's so sad to see that nostalgic piece of software now has sort of fallen into just the hands of a lot of these people who are downloading that as you know child sexual abuse material. They don't call it child pornography at the clinic because pornography suggests there's consent. You know, of course there isn't. So child sexual abuse material is what they they call it. So what the what they do in their called or in German it's kein Täter werden which means don't offend don't be an offender um, and what they do is they put like fake uh, you know child sexual abuse material with titles that will entice these people um, so they'll download the video and then the video pops up ich will kein Täter werden präventive therapie verhindert sexuellen kindesmissbrauch www.keintäterwerden.de and it, it doesn't have any of that stuff in there. It just says, you can come and get help. Help is here. We're, we will support you. You know, you're not necessarily a monster or anything. We can help you. Come in. Here's our phone number. Or come and come into the office and speak to us. And completely, completely anonymous. So that's, that's why. And they don't take their names. They don't take any information about them in the hope that that will convince them to actually come in and, and be brave enough. And it's hard to do that because people still put graffiti outside the um, outside the clinic, like hang the pedos, hang the pedophiles and stuff like that. So it's very hard for those people to walk through those doors and go and get help, but they do. And as I, as I was saying, yeah, they got in touch with me. Uh, like, so a guy called Max got in touch. That's the name he gave me. It's not his real name. And it's just a series of numbers and things as his email address. They've all got all sorts of coded stuff that I don't really understand. And he said, I'm actually in Berlin. That's where I was living. He said, I'm in Berlin today. Do you want to meet me at this address? So I went down uh, to the address. I looked it up and the address was a public swimming pool. It was a Schwimmbad, as they call it, which is like a popular German place to go on. A, but it was just a very strange place to me to go and meet a guy with his condition or illness or whatever you might want to call it. I was just like shocked. So my heart was like thumping out of my face you know i was so stressed by this but at the same time it was like okay i'm a journalist i'm supposed to go and do this kind of thing i want to write a book about it i want to make audio documentaries about it and whatever so i cycled down to this swimming pool place and i go inside and like the closer i get i'm just getting more and more nervous because i've never knowingly met one of these people who you know and I get into the swimming pool place and he's messaging me now at this point and he's using an app called threema do you guys know of threema I don't. No. I don't. 
Threema, it sounds like a, a, te- a German telegram type thing, end to end. Secure messenger made in Switzerland. Okay, so it's a, it's yeah, a it, it's, it is a, yeah. it's an end to end encrypted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exactly what I thought. Open source end to end encrypted instant messaging application for iOS and Android. Privacy by design. Yada yada yada. It's exactly what a person who is breaking the law might be attracted to as a as a opportune way to communicate. There you go. I had so I had to download Threema, and over the years I was communicating with a lot of these people for for like two years. It was so it's a weird thing to have in your phone an app where you know even when I didn't use it for months at a time, whenever I used my phone, I saw it there in the corner, and it's like a world where if I click it, it's a whole list of these sort of dark, mysterious people who most of whom have never offended but still it's a very dark scary place for me right um and i i so this particular guy max and it was my first time with any of these people i'm i was messaging on threema which one is you which one you know and i saw him and he's wearing like speedos and like a, he's, he looked like the stereotype he was a bit overweight so his stomach hang o- hung over his speedos a bit and uh he had a long t-shirt on and he was wearing a baseball hat or whatever and he was there with a little girl who was like 12 years old so I was just like, what on earth is going on? So my first instinct was to just like do that journalism thing. Well, my first instinct was like run. But the second one was like, okay, I'm going to just play it naive a little bit here because I don't know his name um, and anything that he does. I'm never going to be able to see this guy again. I need to like make sure of things and, and earn his trust. So I sat with him and talked. And then I said like, so uh, who's that girl? Because the girl had gone off to swim. And he's like, oh, I'm babysitting. And I was like, right, okay. Like, you know, that's mad that he's babysitting. And then two other girls came over. Hi, Uncle Max, can we have some sweets or whatever? And it's candy and, you know, and he got them some candy. And I was like, who are they? And he's like, They're all, I'm also babysitting them. And it's, it emerged there were two different mothers who were allowing their children to be babysat by him. He said that they knew about his condition and trusted him. And I went and met one of the mothers and it was it all checked out and she just said look i believe him and he's had a hard time in his life she was like super left wing and she had this feeling that these people were being you know stigmatized and it wasn't and i was like look that's fine for you to have those views and everything but you're testing it out on your children it's not being tested on you it's your children who are going to have to take that and when they're older they're going to have to look back and know that uncle max who was taking them to the swimming pool all the time while they were getting changed and stuff was a pedophile well, was a pedophile or was a would-be pedophile or an almost pedophile? So he's he's a pedophile, and what they and and, and those who offend are are known as pedo criminals or pedo criminals. Um, oh, so he was and, not and, a pedo criminal. He was a yeah. Got you. He said that when he was sixteen, something almost sort of happened, or when he was seventeen, that he sort of he was very vague about it. So I believe, and that's often the case. A lot of these guys, something happens when they're coming to terms with their sexuality when they're seventeen or eighteen, or their illness when they're seventeen or eighteen, and then they learn to be, you know, show more constraint. But it's, uh, yeah, it's so. But he would probably call himself not a pedo criminal. It's a whole mess. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. 
Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The liberal thing is interesting because that is, that's the situation in Sweden. And I remember the first time I heard that they that there were privacy laws around sex offenders in Sweden I was outraged and I was with a friend who was much more liberal than I am shockingly and she was just like absolutely not they have every right to their privacy um and and it was a really intense flinty position she took because it included the possibility that she could be affected yeah yeah not good yeah. well or good if you really believe that privacy is privacy then i suppose it is good but i don't believe in absolutes myself i believe in a slightly more wiggly reality than that i think one thing that uh, comes up um just going back to the peer-to-peer -peer networks is um it, it's a similar um argument that i've heard on dark web monitoring which is in order to be able to get that information, in order to be able to get information to potentially help people, you need to be interacting on these forums where uh, crime is necessarily happening. Yeah, well, that, that's what it is. And I was on these message boards. I never, ever saw anything that I wasn't supposed to see. Mm -hmm. And I was always very clear with these people that I was a journalist coming in. And that caused a lot of friction sometimes because these people feel very sorry for themselves. Uh, the message boards I'm talking about were for non-offenders. So mm -hmm. they start, there's like a thing you have to sign saying like, I will never share you know, explicit material. I won't encourage others to do so. And they are there to help each other. And they basically tell each other how lonely they are and then they argue sometimes about, you know, what should be allowed and what shouldn't and the morality and things like that. And it can get a bit gross, I suppose. Um, but I was on there and I, I guess they would see me sometimes as like, oh, look at this normie, you know, uh, who's able to have a nice life with his girlfriend and able to have all this nice stuff. So there was a little bit of friction there. And I made a mistake at one point because there was, um, there's a, there was a kid who went missing called Madeline McCann in the UK. It was this huge story because she was a particularly sweet yes, yep, girl. I remember yeah, it too. And a very sweet girl, but also because she had like, you know, white upper middle class parents who were professionals. They were like doctors and stuff. So it was this real feeling of like, it could happen to anyone. And it, it became a huge, huge story. Some people said it was the parents. And I, I think that's conspiracy. And it's, it's obviously horrible for them to have to hear that. But it was a huge thing. And only recently, about a year or two ago, they feel like they might have gotten the perpetrator 
uh, who would have, you know, unfortunately taken her and killed her. And this is a guy called, I think it was Christian Bruckner, who is German and in prison um, serving time for other such crimes. So I, being the sort of selfish journalist I am, and I thought, oh, I'm in Germany now, and I have this connection to all these people, and everybody's saying it's this guy at the moment. I've got an in here, and I can break a big story. Um, so I went back to my message board, which at the time I hadn't been in for months, and I just said, like, hi, guys, just like a really quick message. Hi, guys, it's me again. Uh, I was just wondering, do any of you guys know um, the pedophile Christian Bruckner, the, the pedophile who took this... Um, took this little girl away. And I left that message board for a few days. I sort of forgot about it. I went about my business or whatever, came back. Oh yeah, that message board. Clicked on it. Loads of messages from all of them like going crazy at me. And I thought at first this would be because I had sort of suggested they might know him because he's an offender and they're not. But what it was was because I had used the word pedophile to describe him. And he, this Christian guy, he was in prison not just for child sexual abuse, but also for adults, women. The suggestion being he's actually a psychopath who would take anyone, uh, or at least a pedo criminal. But to call him a pedophile was really offensive to all. So these they people. felt like a protected class in Germany. That's yeah. super interesting. I wanted to, you know, what's also interesting is that this cl clinic's using essentially a scam to get the patients to do. Yeah you know, something that's good for them. And, you know, anyone can get scams. And I think many of us, like me, I'm like willing to be scammed. Like, please do it. Let me see what you got. <laughs> uh, but, but the, the, um, you know, the problem here is the, the nexus of like that curiosity, whether you're a journalist or a, an agency trying to help people and the digital world, because, so let's, point out you're using Threema, which we now know is this end-to-end -end encrypted messaging app. What happens end-to-end -end just means that while you're communicating with me, Andrew, no one else can snoop on what we're saying to each other. But our communications stored on our respective devices or in our storage online, on the cloud, wherever, hmm. those can be hacked and those can be discovered. And all of these people on Threema who think that they're having a protected conversation about their very sensitive situation are exposable easily. Hmm. We know that. Interesting. And, and they and don't realize that. I, I don't know. Hopefully they'll listen to this podcast. I don't even know. I feel very ambivalent about the whole situation. So part of me is, you know, I could see a white hat hacker going in there, Captain Justice style, and sure. exposing them. So it's 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 just a, it's an interesting as ever with online it's complicated. If they're sharing abuse material then then it's only right that that a hacker Correct. goes in and exposes that. If they right. if they're not right. then I, I I personally don't think that would be a good idea to do because they they they're talking to help each other not to offend and then if a guy came in and exposed that. My concern as a journalist was always what if I'm having one of these conversations and one of these guys is horrible or drunk or whatever and sends me something like that then it's on my phone right and then i'm worried yep. do i delete it and it never happened and they were very respectful with me and they were very careful they knew that i would they you know they're used to thinking of themselves as monsters they're talking to a journalist it's very rare they do that they don't want 
me looking at them as monsters so they tried to give a, as normal as possible of we're just these people we don't do these things so there was no one like that but it could have happened my girlfriend said to me you should talk to the police before you even investigate this so they know you're investigating it but I just thought if I'm not doing anything wrong I suppose if they had sent something like that maybe I would immediately call the police and then be like look I've just been sent this I'm reporting it you know so you know I don't know Well, I got to tell you, this has been fascinating and uh, really appreciate you coming on our show. I also appreciate the fact that you allowed me to come on your show. That was great. We, we had a lot of fun and we did a little scaring is caring. But, uh, you know, the things you've done, amazing things. And it, please keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Because we need voices like yours out there and we need British accents like <laughs> yours out there as well. So I figure that, you know, you are the James Bond of documentaries. Get out of here. And, thank uh, you. Uh, thank you from all of us. So, guys, I can't imagine, like, you know, it's, it's a cliche that if you go to prison for a, a crime against a child, you're pretty much a, you know, dead man walking, right? Mm -hmm. This is like heavy duty stuff. Yep. And we all probably agree that they deserve a fate worse than whatever it is they get, um, even if it's super bad, because it's a heinous crime to do a crime, especially a sexual crime against a child. Now, if you have a uh, you know law enforcement agency or or other people involved in rescuing p kids out there using scammer tactics is it fair game i think absolutely me too i mean really otherwise what you're doing is you're denying people that are not criminals or that are not hostile governments the same tools all right but what, what about the entrapment issue here listen if you're going to fall for that particular bait then you're a criminal yep Agreed. I would go with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so what do we think in general? It sounds like the consensus is it's okay for law enforcement to use scammer tactics to catch the right kind of bad guy. It is, but I think it really does require a fair amount of oversight. Adam, you're, you have a, a degree in law. I mean, I imagine this brings up all sorts of fourth amendment right issues in terms of search and seizure and all that. Well, you know, one of the, the big issues in all of this is that wh where do you draw the line? In other words, yes, for one particular class of, of criminal, uh, you should definitely, the end justifies the means. But when you get law enforcement agencies, sometimes they go, well, if it worked for this, let's try it for this, and then this, and then this. Which is why it probably isn't allowed. Correct. And that's why as long as there's the proper oversight, it's not unjustified. Which means that it has to be somebody who's a rogue cop, basically, doing it. No oversight. Or some sort of, as of yet, non-existent oversight. Over, I mean, because it's, it's one law. Either you, you either have one law that applies to everybody, same, regardless of what kind of criminal they are, or you have you know, a Dirty Harry type or Jackie Chang, depending on who you like better, <laughs> going rogue and soft and catching the bad guy. Make my day. Well, there's a pretty big difference, too, between uh, law enforcement using surveillance powers versus using uh, bait. Yeah, bait. 
that with the surveillance powers, we've seen a significant creep there where it started with, um, you know, saying that we, we need to wiretap the phones of terrorists. We need to wiretap these phones. Then it ended up becoming a lot more of a widespread surveillance there. That's one thing. And that definitely does have the slippery slope when it comes to providing bait for people who are criminals, especially criminals of an especially heinous nature. That's a little more cut and dried, at least as far as I'm concerned. But you get into the minority report. You remember that movie mm-hmm. where the, the precogs could see a crime before it would happen? Right. Like, you know, into that murky territory where there's an agency trying to catch a potential bad guy, mm-hmm. trying to catch somebody who's interested in this material but has not yet crossed over to the dark side. That's a real open question for me. It's, I, I think that, that there's, there's questionable legitimacy there, that you're saying, okay, I see you to be a potential or future criminal. And I want to reach out to you before you commit the crime. I don't know if I buy that. Well, in the example we're talking about here, though, it's someone who is trying to download explicitly stated material that is illegal. Um, And having that being the bait there. So that at least shows motive. Oh, no. You cross the Rubicon, you will have to face the Furies and justifiably so. Yep. Sorry, guys. If you think that we don't, we're liberals who are cool with that. We're not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think anyone's liberal enough for that topic. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's beyond the pale for everybody. Well, it isn't for Germany. I mean, they're the ones who, uh, in the example Andrew was telling us about, we're doing that for uh, getting them therapy ahead of time. No, and, 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 and I told the story, you know, in Sweden, they can't understand how in America we publish the location of sex offenders. Mm-hmm. Because from the point of view of a lot of liberals in Sweden, that's private information. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, sorry, you just lost your right to private information yeah. when you when you moved into my backyard. Agreed. This episode is a lot different than much of what we do on this show, but it's important because we all need to think about things that are going on online that we don't really know about. Or want to know about. Well, there's a difference between wanting to know about something and kind of needing to know about something. 100%. So now it's time for the tinfoil swan, our paranoid takeaway that'll help keep you safe online. So the tinfoil swan is like the, the, the take-home goody, you know, doggy bag, but tinfoil because we wear tinfoil hats. You know, I've still never actually seen a tinfoil swan. Really? Yeah. It's kind of weird. This week's tinfoil swan is one we'll all be familiar with. Adam, you ever say like, boy, we really need a new grill. And then the next thing you know on your phone, all you see is ads for new grills. Has that ever happened to you? Well, actually, when I say we really need a new grill, the coolest thing is somebody twinkles their nose and all of a sudden a new grill appears. We don't all have personal assistants, but Travis, (laughs) (laughs) have you ever met anyone who's quite sure their phone is listening to them? Oh, yeah. And they're right. So today's tinfoil swan is going to show you how to avoid having an app eavesdrop on you. Adam? Open your phone. I'm opening my phone. Hold on. My phone is open. Okay. Now I want you to go to settings. 
that looks like I'm, a little gear bo- a little gearbox on your phone. I'm I'm at settings. I'm at settings. Nicely done. Now look for this hand that's privacy, and I want you to go to privacy. I will. Up oh, there it is. Privacy. All right. Now you're in privacy. I uh, you see all these cool things. One of them is microphone. Now if you go to microphone, you're going to see all the apps on your phone that have access to your microphone. In my case, it was Google Maps, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Waze, and WhatsApp. And I thought to myself, hmm, Google Maps does not need access to my mic. So I turned them all off. And as soon as we get off of this Zoom call, I am going to start talking about birthday cakes. (laughs) I want to see if I get ads for them, because ordinarily I would. But that, that is the tip, is go into your general settings, go to privacy, go to microphone, and make sure none of the apps that you use are listening to you. And now, if you use Instagram or TikTok and you have the mic setting turned off, you, you won't be able to make recordings with audio. So just bear that in mind if you decide to go that route. But that is a good tip for at least taking care of the parts of the phone where you do have some oversight. Uh, these are instructions for an iPhone or other iOS device, but the uh, steps are similar in other devices too, especially with uh, Android. Well, if you like the show, I hope you'll consider sending me a pair of camouflage Crocs. Why? I like them. Or you could rate and review because Adam likes that, but I think the Crocs are a good idea. But why would they be camouflaged? Because camo is cool. That's why. Don't ask me questions. Really? Don't ask me questions, mere mortal. I want them, and I shall get them from a loyal listener. <laughs> what the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.